This is the Pro Wrestling Report, the longest-running pro wrestling news program in the world, with your hosts, David Hero and Damian Nelson. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pro Wrestling Report primetime live for Wednesday, October 11, 2017. We've got a loaded, stacked show for you here, wherever you're listening all over the world. Hopefully, you're listening to us here live on Blog Talk Radio. And if you're not, remember, you can always do so. Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock p.m., blogtalkradio.com slash PWR. Again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash PWR. We're going to be joined by all of our guests tonight, as we are weekly. Al Snow, Robbie E. ODB. Joining me later on as well will be David Hero. But right now, it's uh, joining me is the man they call Meathead here live on Wednesday. Meathead, how the hell are you on this hump day? Uh, I'm trying not to hump as much as I normally do. And, you know, we're, we're doing it live, and I feel remiss if I don't bring it up. It's been a long time, Damien, but we'll do it live! We'll do it live! Uh, I'll know, write it, and we'll do it live! And, you know, since this is a, uh, it is live, it is a podcast, it is radio, uh, this is not our normal TV broadcast. I can go further than that and say, fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs> do you like the way I, I kind of still technically censor myself? I feel like Stern. You know, Stern, he, uh, on his show now, will drop a bomb here and there, but he still has that old school mentality in him, so he's kind of censoring himself still. Yeah, but he still doesn't care. You know, I, I say I don't like, I'm not a huge fan of radio, uh, but Howard Stern is the realest man in the room, pun intended, because he just, like, you could tell when he interviews somebody, he's genuinely asking these questions, not for sensationalism, but because he wants to know. Right. <laughs> and he doesn't have that fake radio persona that is a standard in the industry, so I'm not knocking anybody who's in the industry. I have a lot of sure. great it's, friends it's, who are in the work. radio industry, yeah. but... It's work. Um, it's uh, we'll, we'll make sure we guarantee you here tonight, folks, that we do not use that standard radio voice. All right. So we are taking your live phone calls as well here tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get to those at the end of the program. And uh, you can join us here live in several ways. As I said, via phone, you can call us at 877-317-9772. Again, that's 877-317-9772. But actually, you can also interact with us on social media. Now, earlier today, Facebook was down, which I think is one of the best things that could happen to the world. Because um, I absolutely abhor Facebook, which ruins someone's life every two minutes. Um, Do you know, I'm, and I'm not a Facebook guy either. They have one feature that I enjoy. Can you take a guess? Uh, I don't know. What is that? The poke? No, no, no. On this day. So if I put up something relevant, it reminds me the next year, hey, remember when you did this? I like that. Go back a little history lesson. Most of them are garbage. But, uh, you know, with my daughter having turned four uh, this last Monday, um, it was great to go back on the day that we're going into the hospital. You know, people get excited. I like that. That's literally their only useful feature they have. <laughs> well, Twitter is where we uh, love to interact with you as well. At PWR Show on Twitter. That's at PWR Show on Twitter. We all are individually on Twitter as well. I'm at Damian Nelson, spelled the proper way, D-A-M-E-O-N-N-E-L-S-O-N. And you are at WCW Meathead. So interact with us live here tonight on Twitter, and uh, we will refer to some of your comments, take your comments, and take your feedback, most importantly, um, as we got a ton of feedback on last week's special episode with Al Snow digging deeper into WWE Hell in a Cell, which, of course, we're going to talk about tonight. But we're also going to talk about 
about a lot more, including the reuniting of the Shield, Kevin Owens getting the big win at Hell in a Cell, along with the surprise heel turn by Sami Zayn. Is Conor McGregor on his way to WWE? Jim Cornette and Santino Morella have yet another confrontation. Uh, You remember the slap heard around the world. They got Jim Cornette fired from WWE years ago. Uh, Well, we'll talk about that situation. We're also going to talk about whether or not Neville has asked for his release from WWE. Baron Corbin is the brand new United States champion. In fact, beating AJ Styles yet again on Tuesday Night SmackDown. The Usos are the brand new tag team champions over on SmackDown. And we have new number one contenders for their tag team titles as well. Brand new cruiserweight title. I didn't realize now reading this, not so many titles changed hands this past week. Yeah. Brand new cruiserweight champion as well, uh, Kalisto, winning over Enzo this past Monday night. Sister Abigail has been re- revealed, and Emma is qualified to face Asuka in her WWE debut at TLC. So the very first thing I want to talk about with you, Meathead, is the reuniting of the Shield. It happened this past Monday night on Raw. It had been talked about for weeks. It had been teased for weeks. It was as obvious as a freight train barreling down the tracks. But I even got to say that this past Monday night during Miz TV, when the, the deal was finally done and the brothers were back together, the Shield being back was not only resonating very well with the fans, but it resonated very well with me. I think this is a good thing because if you look back on the recent careers of specifically Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins, while they've been okay as a tag team, you know, Rollins was on top for such a long time. Ambrose was the champion for such a long time. And I'm leaving Roman Reigns out specifically. But the, the two were, 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 were sort of festering individually, especially after Seth had came back from his injury. So I think that this is a great reset for the two of them Actually, the three of them, including Roman Reigns, because the fans and their reaction on Monday ate this up. They loved it. They love nostalgia. They love seeing the shield back. And I think that this is a great vehicle for WWE to relaunch the individual careers of these three men while getting a quote unquote cheap pop for TLC when they're going to face the Miztourage. I, um, you say weeks, it's actually been months because you really think about it. The, um, the creation of the Miztourage was, I thought, intended to help bring in the Shield. It was a three-man unit, and what other three-man unit, since, say, the New Day was taken out of uh, Raw and put the SmackDown, would be able to go up against, you know, the Shield? And uh, we had thought that it was going to happen at the Shield. Uh, you know, there's so much animosity right now towards Roman Reigns, and again, you know, let's just be honest: that guy does his job, works hard. All of them work hard. I mean, that's He's one that's of the hardest working men in the business. Sure. But it's his on-screen persona and presentation of his on-screen persona that just rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And, you know, there's such a segmented audience that they have. They have the, you know, they have to market towards the kids. They have to market towards the teens who want to do the cool hip thing. They have to market towards the, and this is in no way a slight, but they have to market towards the uh, lower to mid-20s um Males that are sitting in their mom's basement still eating Hot Pockets. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Diet Coke and Doritos. Well, that's the cause, but uh, <laughs> let's be real. Let's go to the ones that are leaning back in their chair playing World of Warcraft. Again, nothing against it, but the ones that are eating their Hot Pockets. Again, ah, more Hot Pockets! I'm in a rage! Um, <laughs> you got to market towards the adult male, who now, that technically is me, that will have kids that will take these kids to the show. The money comes from so many different directions. It's hard to keep Roman Reigns consistently pushed onto the screen over and over. 
and appease everybody. You're not going to hit every one of those groups. So putting him back in a shield kind of hides Roman Reigns behind the name of the shield and still lets him be Roman Reigns. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. And I'll say this, and there were a couple of great things they did over the course of the episode of Raw this past Monday night as well that we'll talk about. But I'll say this, when the three stood together, there was one that was a clear star. There was one that stood above the other two. There was one that was a main event guy. There was one that was a standout. And there is absolutely no doubt that that one was Roman Reigns. I mean, he just he just had that presence, yeah. not for anything he's done, beating John Cena, beating The Undertaker in the course of a year, but just standing there looking at the three, you know, Rollins looked like, you know, a wrestler, you know, uh, Ambrose looked like a guy. Right. And Roll- and Reigns looked like a star. And you talk about the fans' impression of Roman Reigns. Here is what's great about this reuniting of the Shield. As they she- cheer the Shield as a unit collectively, what the fans may not realize along this path is that they are also cheering Roman Reigns. Now, they may say that we could accept right. him. Exactly. They may say we could accept him as a part of the shield, but we don't like him as the chosen one, the 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 you know the 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 main event, if you will. But we talked with Al Snow a couple of weeks on this program about how you get Roman Reigns over, and you could argue that he is already over, by the way. But how you get Roman Reigns over with with you know the core audience, and we had talked about maybe a heel run because people think heels are cooler, and that's understandable. I get it. Uh, would be the answer to that, and then turn him babyface again, but. In all reality, this could be as beneficial having the Shield reunite, Roman Reigns being the clear leader of the group, and the fans getting behind them could ultimately lead to a better acceptance of Roman Reigns as a singles competitor as he goes into WrestleMania 34, probably against Brock Lesnar in the main event. Do you think that, you know, if we go back in time and we kind of revisit it, that would have been something yeah, they should have. Time. Um, <laughs> do you think that if we would have done this with John Cena ten years ago, maybe John Cena wouldn't have? Because John Cena is in the same spot that Roman Reigns is, but it's now we've been bludgeoned over the head with John Cena for you know ten, fifteen years, whatever John Cena has been there, and we're just we've tapped out on hating John Cena. I, I have. <laughs> and, you know, and I respect a... everything he's done, but yeah, I just I'm okay when John Cena shows up. And that's something a lot of fans don't understand is there will be not there will never be another Stone Cold. There will never be another Rock. There will never be another Hulk Hogan. Their promotion the on fans, the video game, Damon, it says the exact same thing. Be like no one. Yeah. And, and, and the, 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 the business, well, the business hasn't changed, but the audience, I would say, and the acceptance of say your prayers, eat your vitamins, drink your milk, blah, 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 blah. All of that has changed. You have not had a face, a company guy who has been over with the entire audience since, gosh, since Austin and The Rock. It's not going to happen again because look at what Cena, how, was, how Cena was accepted by the fans, and he is the most over guy in the company. Roman Reigns is accepted and is as over as John Cena, even though he's not as accepted by the entire fan base because the fan base, uh, with the, with the uh, prevalence of the social media and the internet and all that stuff out there now, the more knowledgeable fan, they no matter what you do, won't accept it. So I think the definition of that top guy, I think the definition of the the Hogan, if you will, of the day has changed in such a way that Roman Reigns is already there. Now, I will counter myself with this. Brock Lesnar is universally loved, but he's a heel. 
but is he a heel really? Is he a face? You know, I think he's just sort of a tweener. He's Brock Lesnar. And there's not a fan who doesn't love just watching him in beast mode. Braun Strowman, universally liked. But at the same time, and this is the challenge, and I get it because you have to have that personal connection with the stars, Braun Strowman has been shoved down our throat more than Roman Reigns ever was, yet he's more endeared by the fans. Maybe there's a credibility issue they see more with with Strowman than they do with Reigns. Strowman's got less experience at this time in his career than Roman Reigns had at that time in his career. But I get it. Uh, It's... So so perhaps there are those stars that could resonate across the entire audience, but I think the attention span of the audience is, is, is decreased in such a way that they can only take so much for so long, and then they get tired and move on to their next project. Yeah, and you know, uh, if we're going to talk, say, Roman Reigns uh, versus Braun Strowman, which is coming up again Monday night, apparently they're going to be in, a, uh, in the cage. Within the confines of a 15-foot high steel cage. That was my McMahon. It, it was not bad. I mean, now I want to headbutt you, but <laughs> <laughs> so. But I can tell you personally, for me, the reason why I would resonate more to a Braun Strowman, he just looks like a beast that has no control. Uh, Roman Reigns is smug, and being a person that's kind of smug himself sometimes, and kind of just almost Jericho esque cocky. You know how when Jericho was the uh, Y2J and even before in WCW when he was the guy with the uh, faucet ponytail on top of his head. You know, just that conceited kind of jerky cocky. But that guy was funny. Roman Reigns isn't funny. So he's got that smug cockiness. And you just he he you know, he makes you feel like you want to put him on the list of five guys I'll punch if I see him real face, you know, face to face. Where Braun is just a beast being a beast like with Brock Lesnar. Um Brock Lesnar's just beast doing beast mode. I mean, it's what he does. The thing with Roman Reigns is he thinks he's funny and he's not. And this is just, again, I'm talking about on-screen persona. I don't know the man personally, but what were presented. But it was that persona, and I think you you got a valid point, but it was that persona that made Braun Strowman what Braun Strowman is at the expense of Roman Reigns because people wanted to see him be the victim of Braun's Ascension from uh, Roman being that smug guy that nobody likes, so he instantly gets that exactly. You know that yet Roman that exit pass no credit to go up to the right. I mean, he he gets right there. Yet Roman gets no credit for it, no. even though Roman is the reason why Braun is there by default, really. So, you know, I, I talked earlier about the Shield and their utilization over the course of the broadcast, and when after Braun Strowman destroyed Matt Hardy. I thought it was absolutely awesome that they came out to instill justice on Matt Hardy and to take care of Braun Strowman with the shield bomb through the broadcast table perfectly executed. Because I'd actually forgotten about that element of the shield, how they were, you know, I forgot what they called them. They were soldiers of justice or whatever it was, or was that the 18? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I liked how they used them in that element back five years ago uh, and, and now doing it again. Now it, it was cool because it was like, all right, cool. These guys are just sort of there and, and they're going to do what they do and they don't care. And they're a team of three and they're powerful and they're strong. Mountains and they can justice. It took me to happen. Show. Hounds of justice. You're absolutely right. So I thought that was well done. I was a little worried first when Braun Strowman was going to have that match with Matt Hardy. I'm like, oh, sweet 
Jesus, this ain't going to end well. It might make it broken, uh, but, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. Uh, but it made it all make sense after The Shield came out to uh, attack Braun Strowman after the matchup. So overall utilization of The Shield uh, from the launch or the, the official reuniting during Miz TV this past Monday night to the match being made between the Miz Taraj and The Shield at TLC, their overall utilization and their reintroduction this past Monday night. What what are your overall takeaways, Meathead? Yeah. It was okay. Um, I don't want them continually being the heroes, going out and saving, you know, poor little Johnny, uh, who was, you know, getting bombarded by the big bad guy. Uh, I want them to... Who's Johnny? Well, you know, Johnny, the one that smokes cigarettes that R-Truth talked about. I don't want them... That's Jimmy. Jimmy, Johnny, Billy, doesn't matter. (laughs) I want them to go out and get theirs now. So be the shield, be this cohesive unit, and take care of each other. I don't want to turn... Please, please don't give me the Seth Rollins turn on Ambrose. Uh, you know, let them fade off when, oh, when they break. That's a good point. I, I want them to just go, you know what? we got to go our own ways and then go their own ways. Uh, if that means they stay together until the draft and they, they break up because of the draft, I'm okay with that. So let them be together. Let them work together. So, so that brings up an interesting point. Maybe the Roman Reigns heel turn is still in play. Maybe this is what he does to disband the shield after uh you know they run their course here there you go you get the heel turn if he's going to face lesnar at wrestlemania roman reigns i think in my opinion needs to be the heel officially in that regard because again and i think we talked about this with al snow a, a couple of episodes ago face versus face is is just where's the heat where do you get the heat from when it's face versus face now rock cena did it great cena reigns did it great but I'm not sure Lesnar Reigns can do that same thing, but here, here, picture it: the next six months, seven months, whatever it is, to WrestleMania. So you got the Shield reuniting. Everybody loves it. Great, great, great! Hoorah, 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 hoorah! They're going to go up against uh, the uh, the Miz at TLC. After that is the Royal Rumble, where anything could happen. Sure. So Roman Reigns. Quickly and swiftly in the next couple of months here is the reason that the shield doesn't continue before the fans get sick of it. He then turns heel as heel as he can and goes into WrestleMania with Brock Lesnar, where he comes out the winner with street cred now, legitimacy now, and then slowly transitions from that win into being what he's called himself, the guy. Uh, By the way, a little side note off of that. Um, Michael Cole needs to stop with his enunciation of the guy because it's killing it for me. He goes, here he is, the guy. Oh, that's like a, a, a create your own character in uh, wrestling right. games. What you can't come up with a creative name, so you just the guy. I'm not the promos. good guy. I'm not a bad guy. I'm the guy. I mean, that's just that's just lame. It, in it my worked opinion. in his promos, but when you have the announcers referring to him as it's the guy, like it's the wrestler. I mean, come on. Man. Right. <laughs> There's his maneuver. <laughs> Boy, that, that, that was some uh, play-by-play moves from, uh, what was that, 1998, 97? Right. <laughs> All right, well, The Shield is back. Want to hear your thoughts, ladies and gentlemen. Remember, you can join us here live on the phone lines Wednesday night, 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash PWR. What are your thoughts on The Shield 
reuniting, and what does this mean for each of the members individually going forward? Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and Seth Rollins. Is this a good reset? Is this a great nostalgia play? And does it get us long-term what we need to see? Interact with us on Twitter as well, at PWR Show on Twitter, and also each of us individually, at WCW Meathead, the guy I'm talking to, and at Damian Nelson, that's D-A-M-E-O-N-N-E-L-S-O-N on Twitter. Twitter. And uh, wow, so much show left, Dave, uh, David. Haha, <laughs> so much show left, Meathead. We're going to be joined by the rest of our broadcast team later on, including Al Snow, Robbie E., and ODB uh, here for Primetime Live. But want to continue talking about something else that came up and came out of Raw this past Monday night, which was the reveal of Sister Abigail of Bray Wyatt fame. We had long heard about Sister Abigail, of course, that the same name of his finishing maneuver. Well, she was revealed this past Monday night as Bray Wyatt sort of morphed into Sister Abigail and then was Sister Abigail, I'm trying to keep a straight face here, and I mean, I watched it, Meathead, and and I, I, I'm like, wait a minute, are they trying to show me this is a different person, or am I supposed to know this is Bray Wyatt, because clearly it's Bray Wyatt, and then I couldn't follow the words, because I just didn't care enough, and I don't know if I really wanted Sister Abigail to be somebody else, to be him, to be whatever, I don't know. But I was uh, surprised that this was the direction they chose to go in with this Sister Abigail reveal. Where do you think it's going to go? What did you think of the reveal this past Monday night? Where's your, where are you at now with Bray Wyatt and this Sister Abigail gimmick? So Matthew and I have talked about this when we've done the reactions, and we've been doing them for years now. I mean, literally, what are we at, six years now with uh, Matthew? Right here on Blog Talk yeah. Radio. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've talked about it. Matthew and I and, you know, our callers have really come to the conclusion that Bray, while he had the big title win last year, may just be a mid-card player, a great character. My God, uh, what a character to use. Because what they do is they build him, build him up to the point of legitimacy again, and then feed him to whoever they need to feed him to. He's a company guy, hard worker, does what he does. Adding this element to it, I'm hoping that there's a way they can manipulate it to actually put a actual female competitor in Sister Abigail, you know, and slap that cloak on top of whoever it is that they want to bring up, yeah. because that's really where it should be. Now, when I saw him, <laughs> well, when I saw Sister Abigail show up, the first thing I thought was, it puts the lotion on her against the hose. That's literally what I was thinking. I was thinking that, uh, <laughs> yeah, this, this is a little creepy. Or, you know, or you could yeah. go to uh, Mimi's brother. Uh, was it Mimi's brother or Mimi's husband? Uh, it was his husband, right on the or her husband on the Drew Carey show, the one that cross dressed every once in a while. I didn't watch. You never show. watched the Drew Carey show back in the day? Okay, do you watch The Walking Dead? I stopped watching it about two years ago when it started getting oh, okay. lame. Well, never mind. References are gone now. I am in love though with American Horror Story Cult this year. Have you Cannot. seen it? I don't Any have other? time for it. My wife doesn't have the stuff. Oh my god! It is the most brilliant thing put on television in the last five to eight years because they are so intellectually dominant in the messaging they're delivering in that show. It's fantastic. Minus the fact that it is as disturbing as any American Horror Story has been. But uh, that is absolutely fantastic. Last night's episode, too. Here's how... Okay, so so here's the thing. So we had this Vegas shooting, which, of course, was a tragedy last week. And now, you know, it's sort of fading into the shadows and we're still not going to do anything about the inherent problem that keeps causing these issues, um, as we will never do because the NRA has this year committed... Uh, over no, I'm sorry, not the NRA. 
was another number I was about to give. But anyways, they've got all the congressmen in their pockets, and that's just part of the you know world. That's why meathead in twenty twenty. I mean, literally. Let's talk about it now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> they had to edit out uh, a good portion of the show, or, or edit a good portion of the show as a in respect of the Vegas shooting, which I completely commend and respect, and give them a lot of props for. But. You know, I'm sort of not really sensitive to a lot of stuff, so they had the option to watch the unedited version, the original version. And I'm like, well, absolutely, that's the one I'm watching. And two things here. I don't want to get too sidetracked because we have a lot of wrestling to talk about, but we're more than wrestling here because wrestling is not completely our life. Um, so I order it. Well, I didn't order it. It said you could watch it on FX On Demand. So I'm like, oh, well, I have On Demand here through my cable provider, and I can watch that. So I go to click on it, and it says I need this gimmick called FX Plus. Yes which is five ninety nine a month to get the ad-free version. And I'm like, mother fu- I don't want to pay for this. Well, then as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, I need to see what they really was going to put out there that they thought was so bad that they couldn't put out there. So, and now you can order it with your remote. So I'm now subscribed to FX Plus and I, I watch it. And I will tell you, I was disturbed in the first few minutes of what they had, what they chose to edit out. They didn't have to; they chose to, and it, it, it they they had no other choice but to broadcast an edited version of that show. But in my curiosity, after I watched the first few minutes, because I realized that that was clearly what they edited out because they were at a rally and there was a mass shooting, um, I went back and watched the the broadcast version, and it was maybe a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that they had taken out, and I'm like, God damn it, five ninety nine. <laughs> I paid. I could have been fine <laughs> just watching the broadcast version, but dang. Um, so they got me. I'm now, you know. So when you compare the two side to side, you, you were on a TV on the left and a TV on the right. And like, I paid five ninety nine for that. Oh man, exactly. Because yes. uh, Dana, you and I are from Milwaukee, and what's the phrase we use in Milwaukee? If it ain't free, it ain't me. exactly (laughs) sorry for that deviation there american horror story cold if you haven't watched it you need to be watching it i don't and a lot of people aren't watching it because they think it's anti-trump or whatever and you know i guess to a degree it is but it's less anti-trump and more anti what we have become as a society and it brilliantly depicts all of that within its uh broadcast along with a great story uh but we're talking about sister abigail being revealed here's my question so I, I like the story between he and Finn Balor. I, I don't think – I think Finn Balor's at a higher level than Bray Wyatt. And what you sort of talked about before was that uh, maybe Bray Wyatt is stuck yeah. in the mid-card. Bray Wyatt's a freaking yes, star. Bray Wyatt has a character that has dimensions that if you don't t- get too goofy with it – I think he got too goofy versus Orton at WrestleMania this year, you know, with the shit on the, the – the, Excuse and, my language. Yeah. With the stuff on the – on the on the canvas, which I still haven't figured out that how was they did. Absolutely, oh, the, what they do, it's not the canvas, Damien. Uh, and you should uh, assume you thought of this, you know, from your uh, other experiences in life and what you do. Uh, I would assume it came from the overhang, you know, so whatever the jumbotron is there, and it just gets shot down. What I was looking for when I watched it, but there, there were was no, no shadows. shadows, and it wasn't on the bodies. <coughs> so is right. that something that uh, in delay? I mean, is the show delayed? Because you were there, right? Oh, uh, you know what? They could have done it, and they could have overlaid it live because they only took it from one shot, and that one shot could have been assigned to the overlay. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but, but let's not dig too deep into that. Um, don't want to uh, pull back the curtain too much here. Uh, but if as long as Bray Wyatt doesn't get goofy and stupid, uh, and, and I think they've damaged his character a little bit by getting that way, uh, he could be a top star, sure. a top face or heel, just a top guy. Uh, and I think his, <laughs> his program with Finn Balor has. <laughs> His program with Finn Balor has been entertaining, but it hasn't mesmerized me. This Sister Abigail reveal 
didn't mesmerize me and wasn't necessarily entertaining. Uh, I think the end, I hope the end, I'm optimistic that perhaps the end will justify the means, but I'm not hopeful of such. Uh, What do you think they could do, Meathead, to propel Bray Wyatt back into the main event spot uh, on top of the card on Raw? Because remember, before he got drafted over to Raw, he had a short time as champion over on SmackDown, and he's far from that right now. So two things. Uh, and they've done this back and forth since the debut of Bray Wyatt. Uh, one, he needs his family again. But now his family, just on SmackDown last night, are what? Are, what was their name again? Uh, it was guys with like hammers. Uh, it was. Uh, it's Rowan and Harper. They're back as the bludgeoning. bludgeoning yeah. I think is so cool name. Yeah. And which I, that was a cool yeah, promo by the way. I thoroughly. Um, I hadn't heard Eric Rowan speak that much in forever. I mean, don't forget he's a member of Mensa. That's the part they want you to forget. He can do a Rubik's Cube really fast. Those the guys doing the IQ test? They're doing the IQ test for the president in Tillerson? <laughs> on that note, you and I are on different sides of the team, and we're not going down that road. <laughs> no, they offered They offered to do – I'm not lying, because Trump said his IQ was higher than Tillerson, so Mensa, I think, has offered to give them both free Probably. IQ tests. Dude, you think I'm joking, and that there is the problem? This is real life. <laughs> so my real life is diapers. My real life is Paw Patrol, and that's my real life. I'm literally surrounded by all that, so the other stuff is just noise to me. I want to be in it. So when I run in 2020, I don't sound like an idiot tweeting at 3 o'clock in the morning. Because, <laughs> you know, it, let's again, a little sidetrack. Let's talk about what it would be like if I was president. I will be tweeting at 3 o'clock in the morning, but you're going to be getting pictures of me, you know, with my beard. You're going to be getting pictures of my mustache all month long. I mean, come on. it's The guy's an idiot. I, Shenanigans. shenanigans that's all it is i'm a fun guy man it's shenanigans you know uh, i'm older now so you won't be getting nipple pics or you know anything like that <laughs> thank uh, god <laughs> just like every time i see you i ask if you want to take a picture with me with my shirt on or off i mean that's just what i do i could only hope because it will be fun when it happens because it's bound to if he truly is controlling his oh own twitter god. which i hope to god that's the case because if somebody else is we've got larger problems um when he dms when he sends out a DM as a tweet <laughs> by mistake and reveals something nobody Hitball wants to know. Would be the uh, best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's that same seven nice. hairs that are whisking around on his head. But uh, we digress. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking yes. about Rowan and Harper. And Mensa. then we were going all the way back to what's it going to take to bring Bray up. Wins. Yeah. Pinfall victories. Consistent pinfall victories. Because the guy as a, um, you know, if we suspend disbelief and think about him as a competitor – guy just never gets that big win with the exception of winning the championship he needs wins consistently win after win after win after win that's what makes him a big guy you know i think though when bray did win the championship it was sort of like uh okay here you can do this for a month or two unfortunately because he won it in february and you knew that the royal rumble winner was in his you knew where the story was going wins it in october if he wins it in you know april then it's a little different because then he's got a you know, open freeway. He won it right before the exit ramp. Mm-hmm. We talked about Rowan and Harper being back as well. That team now they're coming into a very crowded tag team scene over yeah. on SmackDown, uh, yeah. as evident by you know the beginning of SmackDown this past Tuesday. Um, and we'll talk about the new number one contenders when we get to that in a moment. Uh, but, um, I, you know, we always wondered, and I, and a lot of people talked about, including myself, what was next for Rowan and Harper once Bray Wyatt made it? And, you know, I think that they, 
the the whole story between Harper and Orton and Bray Wyatt back, you know, a couple of months back was was cool. Harper, you know, got got his comeuppance, if you will, and got recognized as the talent that he has. Um, but then injuries have plagued the two, you know, back and forth for quite a while here. Now they're back and they're entering what I said is a very crowded tag team scene over on SmackDown. Um, doesn't feel like okay, so. When you compare the two, I guess, over on Raw, you've got Cesaro and Sheamus, who are fantastic, by the way. You've got, well, you don't have the Hardys. Uh, you've got the Miz, Taraj. You've got uh, the, the the Gallows and Anderson. Yeah. Who, who are um, As far as tag teams, Gallows and Anderson. And that's yeah. the problem right there. We can't even think about more of them. I mean, you've got the them. Shield, technically, because um, they were just champions. Yeah. Yeah, they're more of a faction than right. a team. Well, now, as their last Monday, but beforehand, it was the team of Ambrose and Rollins. I mean, because they were the tag team champions. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, and, yep. I mean, maybe it's the, just... Maybe the team of Orton and Nakamura can go to Raw. Uh... <laughs> that was not a knock it's on not Randy a knock Orton. Not either. I just don't want to watch it. Oh, that was not a knock on Randy Orton, just to be clear. Um, but... Uh, Speaking of championships, uh, we um, did see a brand-new cruiserweight champion crowd on Raw this past Monday night. Now, there's a lot of news surrounding this story and the fact that it happened. But before we get to that, I want to talk about Raw in general, Meathead. And this is something that has been talked about for a long time. A lot of people still look at the weekly ratings, and they're important, but they're not as important. Ratings only became important when the Monday Night War started, and they were no longer important when the Monday Night Raw war ended however it is still a barometer for some fans as to the overall quality of the product it never was even in the monday night wars days when raw was winning raw was not as good as impact i'm sorry nitro when nitro was winning nitro wasn't as good as raw so the after the fact of who watched isn't indicate indicative of the quality of the program but Those ratings do matter, obviously. Advertising rates are set on them. Rights fees are set on them. Uh, They still are delivering tremendous numbers for the USA Network, but they're certainly not anywhere near where they were before. But one thing is very clear is that over the course of the three-hour broadcast, our one starts strong, our two stays strong, our three dips off substantially just about each and every week, no matter what they do. So there's been some talk and some conversation about why is it that Enzo Amore has been in the quote-unquote main event spot on Raw for the last couple of weeks, including losing his Cruiserweight Championship to Kalisto this past Monday night. Whereas I will challenge that question with this question of, well, what is the main event spot on Raw? Because I think it's arguably the top of the 7 o'clock central hour or the top of the 8 o'clock central hour because more people are watching in the first two hours than in the last third. There's two things. One, who's the champion on Raw? Where is he? Brock Lesnar. Working that's when he the, needs to. That's your main event spot of the show. And that's why the show is uh, missing. No, 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 no. Remember, though, with Brock Lesnar being part-time and um, um, with uh, when John Cena was United States champion, they elevated the United States and Intercontinental so, Championship. I'm talking about- so if there's a champion that is a standard on Raw, it's the Miz, you know, the endorsed Miz. Let me reiterate the same thing but word it differently. Just today, this is what's missing. So it's not because the champion's missing, because there could be other champions, and they could not be the main event. But Brock Lesnar and the combination of him being the champion is what's missing from the show. We know Brock Lesnar's a part-timer. I mean, just like Jericho's a part-timer, just like John Cena's technically a part-timer. We know that they're part-timers. But the combination of the belt and Brock Lesnar being missing, that's where you're, you know, in your three-hour broadcast, that's where you're 
big chunk is missing. And that's why they're honestly, you know what? I, I can't believe we're doing it twice now. I'm going to do a, uh, at Frank Kaz, um, temperature check reference here. So ah, it's a temperature yes. check for Enzo. They've got time and they've got a three hour show and they are going at their own pace. Now it's not selling pay-per-views anymore. It's selling network. So, yeah, but 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 nobody's watching. Not nobody. Relatively fewer people are watching in the third hour. So that always has been the end of Raw has been the main event spot, the money spot where the top stars are, where the top talents are, because that's when you still had high viewership at that point. So their change in strategy over the last few weeks of putting the cruiser rate stuff at the end of Raw is actually putting them in front of a smaller audience than the stuff they do in the first two hours. So I think. Absence of Brock Lesnar, notwithstanding, because I actually think it's better when you don't see your champion do every too. week. Right. Um, that you, when you have, you put your main event stuff in the, the the most watched periods of the program to expose it to the greater audience, and that's no longer hour three. So the fact that Enzo has been in the quote unquote main event spot on Raw for the last couple of weeks isn't true because he hasn't been in the main event spot on Raw. Granted, you build the three hour show to an ending, to, right? Yeah. You want to get to a point. Exactly. But but me, as a diehard wrestling fan, watching three hours, I don't watch Raw live ever anymore. I can't. I have to start it 20 to 45 minutes late so I can fast forward through commercials and, quite frankly, a lot of the matches. Um, because I just can't. I don't have the mental capacity on a weekly basis to devour three hours of wrestling on Monday nights. That's just me as a fan. I can't do that. I, is there a TV show out there that anybody watches on a weekly basis that's three hours long? Aside from, you could make a comparison to baseball games, football Sporting games, events. things of that nature, but that's uh, different. I'll, 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 get, I'll counteract you on that one if uh, Walking Dead, because I still religiously watch. Um, if it's the two-hour episode, I have to watch Talking afterwards, so I'll put down three hours of that, you know, right away i can't do it live right but no 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 no. that's not right. a three-hour well, episode that's an episode you're choosing to watch sure. in threes i guess uh but putting enzo there like i said one is because yeah you're right they're they're front-loading the show so the the watching patterns have changed Two, technically they've had enzo in uh going up against monday night football if that thinking is still going on in wwe they need to stop because the game that was on this last monday night was a again I use the phrase dumpster fire. Dude, it was 3 to 2 at halftime. And the only reason people tuned into Monday Night Football this last Monday night was to see the new Star Wars trailer. Yeah, but wait, didn't the game end Maybe. pretty excitingly? When you, when you in the last tune in minutes? and see 3 to 2, do you think you're coming back? Ah. Uh. Perhaps. I mean, I flip during Raw. I watch a lot of Bizarre Foods during Raw. As a matter of fact, this past Monday, no, it was Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? No, it was during the pay-per-view on Sunday. Um, it got to a point where um, there was a Nakamura matchup, yeah. Nakamura and Mahal, and I just, sorry, had no interest at all. And something came across my Twitter feed about sea turtles. It was a picture of a sea turtle with a human being. This God-blessed thing was the size of what looked to be a dinosaur. And I'm like, wow. whoa! Turtles get that wow. big? <laughs> I literally spent about 20 minutes doing a Wikipedia, sure. YouTube, Google image search, and learning mm -hmm. about sea turtles <laughs> during the championship SmackDown match on Sunday. Um, because I was, I, was, <laughs> what is it? I was more interested. These things get to be nine wow. feet long, Meathead, and over 1,500 pounds. A freaking turtle. 
Turtle. Look it up. If you haven't, folks, <laughs> look up just right now. All you have to do is uh, Google uh, sea turtles, and you want the leatherback ones. Uh, I'm those sorry, are the because my ones, mind went in a different part- direction. If you accidentally, <laughs> there's a bunch of I said I said leather back. Um, there are a bunch of different uh, uh, species of them, but these things are massive. You can see images of them beached. You can see images of divers with them. And I don't know when it, you just I guess when you see turtles and you know the ocean has no limits as far as size goes normally. When you see turtles and how the hell are we talking about turtles? This is what Nakamura gets me, folks. Um, when you see turtles, you see, you know, the little, you might see a bullfrog or, or, or a larger turtle, you know, that you can pick up or in the zoo or whatever, but you never see a freaking turtle that's nine feet long and 1,500 pounds. That's just fantastic. I'm going to throw some pictures out on my Twitter feed. Uh, I'll do that right now, actually, because so, it's just so sea turtles. What, fascinating. More fascinating Nakamura to me than Nakamura. Me. It has me looking for other TV shows as well. I've been into Adam Ruins Everything. Have you watched? Adam Ruins into what? Everything. Uh, uh, it's ironic that, because the WWE have had a couple of people on their new day was on one of their episodes. Um, long story short, huh. the guy is, uh, he's that guy that has the fact and just ruins your common conception of this, that, or the other thing where you're like, Oh, the malls are the great actually. And then he pops up stats. So you can fact check him while you're watching the show. True TV. Huh. Try it out. Um, thank you for that. Um, Going back to, though, you know, well, we're, we're sort of giving you a dissertation about the third hour of Raw and why it's no longer the main event spot, if you will. Um, and I just challenge you as listeners to think about that before immediately reacting to it and agreeing or disagreeing whether or not Enzo should be in it. And this doesn't mean, and, you know, based on everything I said, that means they're never going to put anything big in the third hour anymore. Um, but that that's probably not going to be the case, because if it's big enough, you could build to it, especially on a one-off show or whatnot. Uh, but Neville is the new... Cruiserweight no, champion. Calisto. I'm sorry, not Neville. We'll talk about him in a minute. I'm going to talk about Neville with Robbie E. later, actually, um, because of the rumors of him asking for his release. And as we know, Robbie E. did successfully grant get granted his release from Impact Wrestling. I just want to understand how that whole process happened so that we can, uh, you know, add, add up the digits, if you will, and see if there's any truth to this. But um, uh, Kalisto, of all people, is the new Cruiserweight champion. He did so against Enzo Amore in the third hour of Raw. This Enzo rise and fall in the Cruiserweight division seemingly may be short, may have been short-lived if you think this is the end. And I don't see any reason to think that this is the end because um, 205 Live continues, obviously, and the story now can continue between Kalisto and Enzo. It was a lumberjack match, so Enzo's got you know several different ways and things he can say to get it uh, to get his shot back at the championship. But uh, I, I don't know that I expected this title change. But I guess you sort of did have to give the audience a payoff, if you will, um, with Enzo Amore's quite frankly obnoxious presentation over the last few weeks. And I will go on record and repeat for those of you who don't recall me saying in the past that Enzo Amore has been obnoxious since uh, about four weeks after their debut in WWE, both he and Big Cass. I thought that their shtick was good at first, but uh, it just got repetitive and obnoxious on a week-to-week basis. And now I fast-forward as quickly as I can through anything Enzo's saying. And again, I appreciate him as a talent. I think he's entertaining. I think that he he does what he does in the ring, and it's a good presentation. But I just don't want to hear the same thing with different syllables every Hmm. week. Is that do you think that Damian Nelson even 10 15 years ago would have been entertained by uh Enzo? Once, okay. maybe twice. I still find him entertaining. 
And maybe it's because I am that kind of grading personality on occasion that loves to push the button. And that's really what he does. The the beard um, throws me off a little because he's a, a little guy with that big beard. Uh, again, you know, I know beards are all the rage the last 10, 15 years. But, uh, you know, if he came out and you gave him a little bit more microphone time, not just saying the same catchphrases. Because this is wrestling, folks. Every wrestler is going to throw in their – hit their marks. And they're going to say their best there is, best there was, best there ever will be spots. Uh but Enzo is a good hand. I mean, he really is. He's a good worker. And now they're taking, because they had to find something for Enzo. Matthew, again, you know, talking about the reaction shows we do, we, the moment the big cast thing happened, we said, so what happens to Enzo? Where does he get to go? Because it was built for Cass, and then Cass got injured. So what do you do with Enzo? Yeah. Okay, they found something to do with Enzo. And I think that this is not the end of the story. I really don't think that it was, uh, you know, meant for Kalisto. He just happens to be the guy, again, that phrase that they put the title on. It's Enzo versus the Cruiserweights, really, is the story, versus Enzo versus Kalisto. Well, they sort of backed themselves into a corner, though, because they had the stipulation that Neville couldn't, or a current Cruiserweight superstar, couldn't touch or attack or whatever right. the stipulation was about them losing the title opportunity against Enzo. They had no choice but to go with somebody else, so perhaps, you know, this, this, this now... It fixes that part of the story, and now you've got Kalisto. Maybe Enzo takes it back. Maybe he and Neville continue to go. If Neville continues with the company, which, again, there there are some conflicting reports out there right now um, on on whether or not he will. Um, We'll talk about that later. Uh, But, you know, hey, if it brought news to the Cruiserweight division, I like it. And Enzo moving over a couple of weeks back was logical, but it was about a two-day pop. Uh, Now Kalisto has won, and and maybe the slow simmer of of big – Big meaty things, if you will, <laughs> in the pot. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe oh it's going to taste God, good once uh, once it's done. <laughs> it's a slow it's a, it's a slow build, <laughs> I guess you're finish? saying for the, the cruiserweight division. I'm saying rather for the for the cruiserweight division. I do have some ribs marinating right now downstairs, actually. Too. Uh, I'm going to be <laughs> growing funny. later, but uh, it's funny that you do that, that because now what I've done later on in my years is I let other people do it and I just react off of that. I know Dave's been doing that for years too, but uh, maybe it's just in our time. I let the other words be said and then you just twist them your way. But yeah, I used to be the one yelling about big pop. Anyway, your big ribs go. I'm done with the ribs. I was just talking about the the cruiserweight division in WWE and Kalisto being the new champion in Hour 3 of Raw. Folks, I want to remind all of you that we are live here on Wednesday night, of course, October 11th. We're live each and every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Um, and you can also catch this show, get this show on your podcast feed. We're, of course, available on Apple Podcasts. Just search for PWR. Or the Pro Wrestling Report, PWR. Find that beautiful orange logo. Subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free of charge, ladies and gentlemen. And you can get the episodes downloaded to take with you on the go. To listen as you work, play, drive, or do whatever. And uh, we appreciate the feedback that we've gotten so far. As you know, uh, this has replaced our long-running television show. And uh, very pleased with those of you who have reached out to us to tell us how much more convenient this is for you uh, to listen and uh, and uh, interact and, and be a part of uh, the experience here from the Pro Wrestling Report on a podcast basis. Now, we're not just on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Stitcher, uh, Podbean, Podcast Addict, all of those podcast aggregators. And a lot of people aren't big 
fans of Apple Podcasts, but uh, most a lot of people don't know as well that Google Play now has its own podcast store. You can find us there as well. Again, just search PWR. And you can go back to, as you were talking about Meathead earlier, years upon years of content right here on this channel, including our days back on ESPN Radio. Um, which is uh, available all for you on demand here on the PWR Podcast. We know you can't all join us live on Wednesday night, so we give the opportunity to take the show with you on the go. And it is literally available immediately following the live broadcast on Wednesday night, so 10 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. That show pops up on your feed on your uh, podcast aggregator. Next up, Meathead, I want to talk about... Uh, some let's see we got anything else on raw here yes we do absolutely it was a five-way women's matchup to determine the first contender to oscar at tlc and the winner of that matchup was emma they're making a big deal out of oscar who had to relinquish the nxt championship due to injury and is going to be making her debut on raw uh obviously at uh at uh, tlc great talent i fear there could be a nakamura effect here um, as well. But Emma won the chance against four others to face Asuka at TLC. Clearly, Asuka's going to win that matchup. So what's the rub here? Why are they making such a big deal? Making a big deal of Asuka or of Emma winning it to get there? Okay. Both, actually. You know, it's time. Um, One thing that WWE has done for, you know, some 30 years now is – they don't normally stay complacent. There's been times that, yeah, the main event scene always looked kind of cluttered, but they, now with the NXT model that they have, they bring up new talents and they elevate new talents so that short attention span gets satisfied a lot more with different talents getting pushed into the mix. So that's what they were doing with Emma. You know what? Emma's pushing. She's pushing. Let's get her up. Let's let's introduce her. Granted, she's going to get run over by Asuka, but now that they're bringing Asuka up, if they treat her like a... Gail Kim in any one of the incarnations that she was in WWE where, yeah, she's there, yeah, she won, she won a match, but eh, who cares? Then it's not going to work. Let Asuka go in, let her be a little more dominant, let's say, than Nakamura was, and I don't mean to, you know, kind of handcuff those two together just because they're Asian competitors that they, you know, are going to be the exact same style. Nakamura's problem is obviously his uh, well, it's not the strong, strong style, style so much as in his character doesn't translate to us. Uh, he English is not his first language, and we cannot invest in him. Asuka speaks a little better. Not the best, but she speaks a little better. Let her come in and just beat people. I, I, I'm down with that. If that were to be the case, I, I can deal Absolutely. with that. I'm going to give her a chance, obviously. I'm not knocking it already. I just, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding this, and I guess you, if you believe Chuck the hype, D sometimes that's to. better than the actual uh, reality. Ah, good job there. Woo, don't. Um, but we'll see what happens with Asuka coming in at TLC again. I, do you think there's a chance no. she loses that matchup? <laughs> no. Asuka? What if she did? But what if then she did? it's a different character style. I mean, they what have served us before when the monster, the monster Brodus Clay is coming. Somebody call my mama. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it did. That for what it was great. and for how long it lasted, it worked with me. I mean, literally, I popped in my seat. I still remember at WrestleMania in San oh, Jose when yeah. Mama came and out and they Shelton's did the, all either. the mamas and they did the dance. That <laughs> right, that's entertainment, folks. That's good stuff. Um, that's good stuff. All right. Well, you know, I think that's all we have for Raw this past Monday night on some detailed conversation for sure. There uh, with that, you know, I think um, 
on that note, okay. we should take a brief time out here, reset, yeah, get ourselves little, ready for the rest here. of the show, the second half of the broadcast, drink. if you will. Uh, drink of what? Uh, have no, sugar, but I should because tea? I've got a bit of a, a raw throat. But no, it's it's, it's uh, from the mountain, and it's yellow, and it comes with ice. Mountain Dew. Oh, yes. Like, do they catch it in the morning? <laughs> we'll take a brief time when we come back folks we're going to be talking about uh, Owens getting the win over Shane uh, the big matchup between Corbin and uh, Baron Corbin rather and AJ Styles where Corbin won the United States Championship the Usos are the new tag champions is Conor McGregor on his way to WWE what's going on between Santino Morella and Jim Cornette and also did Neville really ask for his release from the company and with ODB we're going to talk about this whole Harvey Weinstein Hollywood thing yeah. with her being a woman in the business how much so that translates over into wrestling. We're going to talk about all of that here, continuing on the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime Live here on Blog Talk Radio. Collar and elbow bouts usually began as a contest of balance. The opening position or stance featured the hand and arm positioning which gave the wrestling style its name. Contestants faced one another each placing one hand on his adversary's shoulder and gripping his adversary's forearm with his other hand. This establishes the opening box, prevents bull-like rushes or throat grabs, minimizes disadvantages in height or arm's reach, and prevents deft footwork. Here, the champion squares off with the challenger. Each holds the stance until his opponent forces or permits him to break. Welcome back, fans, here to the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime Live. It's Wednesday, October 11th. 2017, Damian Nelson joined live here by the man they call Meathead. God, we've talked about so much, including the Shield reuniting, Kalisto, brand new champion uh, of the Cruiserweight division, Sister Abigail being revealed, whether or not Raw Hour 3 is actually the main event of Raw, and also what is going on with Emma and Asuka as they face each other at TLC, and Rowan and Harper being back as a tag team. We've got a lot more to talk about. We're going to rapidly progress through this uh, here, Meathead, as we've got a couple of more topics here before we're joined by David Hero, Al Snow, Robbie E., and ODB. So, with that, um, let's talk about a little bit of SmackDown action, if you will. And My question for you, where the hell was... Uh, Jinder Mahal this past Tuesday night. Did and again, I miss you something know, being the SmackDown? broadcast journalist that we are, you would think that I would notice uh, if he was gone too. And I'm telling you, maybe I didn't notice. Uh, but yeah, Jinder Hall is gone. And it's okay. Give him a break. Take a whatever. Uh, but he, he won his match at the pay-per-view. But does anybody care? Well... Uh, no, they didn't. Sure. I mean, let's just be real. <laughs> they certainly didn't. Um, yeah. I don't want to. I don't. There's nothing to say. If he wasn't on, we're not even going to talk about him. But we're all, we will talk about Baron yeah. Corbin winning United States Championship this past Sunday at Hell in a Cell from AJ Styles and Ty Dillinger. Now, of course, that was a triple threat matchup. Corbin gets the win, but his win was solidified a bit this past Tuesday night as he in the main event cleanly pinned AJ Styles to retain that United States Championship. Not that I'm surprised by star. it, because Corbin's a, a oh my god, he's you know a star. He's, he's got the cred, he's a star. But 
Are we going to see these two on a longer-term program here, do you think? Or is AJ Styles going to move in a different direction? Or perhaps maybe it's time for he and Nakamura, uh, not Nakamura, but he and Mahal Um, to have I I think that AJ's there doing the company job, not the actual in-ring job technically, but doing the company job and solidifying, you know, Baron Corbin. And once he loses one more pinfall match, he will move on. We're not going to see in a long extended program with him because the buildup, was long enough so you know you got these type of programs where boom it happens and then the programs afterwards or you have the long program and then boom there's the match to finish it off or like we have now some program match and then some program afterwards so um not too much longer do you think i think it's a great you think it's a good spot for corbin to be in right now and not to do wrestling for fans for dummies 101 here but uh, there's different devices that the wrestling business uses to help elevate talent. Baron Corbin was already given two of those devices, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which doesn't really carry any weight with it, but he was given the money in the bank. Now, be it something that he did wrong or part of the story or they changed directions, they pulled that from him by having him lose the match. He's been given another device now, which is the U.S. title. And again, he looks legitimate. If I say, you know, Baron Corbin's the U.S. champ, I don't blink an eye. It seems real to me because it's a belt. If you told me James Ellsworth was the United States champion, to go, what? What are they doing with this? Is David Arquette coming in next? <laughs> no, it's it's it feels real to me, damn it. Yes, you did. See what you did there. Um, you know, let's see where it goes. I, I do think it makes sense for AJ to – I can't think of who's next for Jinder Mahal. I mean, I really can't. I think – AJ's been out of the world title picture for enough Cena time where perhaps it's him. Eventually? Uh, I know that you give me yeah. a yik, but really, I mean, I mean that's a very easy. Well, no, what I say yik is I think we had that opportunity at SummerSlam, um, but but it wasn't that. It was Roman. Well, it wasn't Roman Reigns. John I don't Cena remember what Justin Summer did at SummerSlam. Ooh. Did he face Mahal no, at Rusev, SummerSlam? No, Rusev, I thought it was again. Yeah. I think that was the time, you know. Maybe they can still do it. Um, from what I understand, Cena's out doing a movie or a TV show or something right now, anyways. But um, perhaps that is the answer. I look. I don't. I, I'm not going to knock Mahal. I don't have a problem with the modern day Maharaja because I actually love hearing that. Um, I, I think that this championship. I mean, he's the longest reigning champion. I think in the last two years on SmackDown, uh, if I read that properly recently. Um, you know, he's got some credibility. I mean, he's got some big wins. Randy Orton made him a star. Um, I don't think this Nakamura victory did anything for him at all because, you know, the, uh, for, for for many reasons. But what's next? And I think AJ Styles and Mahal next fun. could be fun. Because, I mean, while I love AJ Styles, I mean, we I, I still owe the guy a bag of nickels. I mean, because how many times did I say phenomenal thing? <laughs> uh, but... AJ Styles is right. a great talent, and you know what? Even being for a smaller guy, you know, like a Shawn Michaels-sized guy, the guy's an amazing worker. I'm trying not to use phenomenal here. Um, he's an amazing yeah. worker. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Ding. But how does that match up? I mean, it matched up with Nakamura and Jinder Mahal because they were two foreigners in an American company. It matched up when it was Jinder and Randy because he had USA versus the foreigner. How does AJ Styles match up? I mean, what's the what's the story on AJ Styles and Jinder Mahal. Okay, I mean, obviously, oh, you make a story, story. But is it one that we get invested in? Because I wasn't invested in Nakamura and Jinder Mahal. Well, you, oh, you know what? No, no, Nakamura no, no. no. You know who talks us into the building? Claire Lynch. Let's bring in Claire Lynch. 
He's been with Jinder Mahal, and that'll get AJ back in. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I want you to go to the right. internet type in Claire Lynch, AJ Styles, to catch that reference. Because I know you weren't watching TNA at the time. <laughs> go ahead and take a look. <laughs> I had to. Oh, nobody was. Um... I literally had to. You, you did, did have to, yes. Thursday nights. I was forced to watch that. Yeah. Folks, brand new tag team champions were also crowned this past Sunday at Hell in a Cell. It was the Usos defeating the New Day in a tremendous Hell in a Cell matchup. And I talked about that last week right here on this very program, Primetime Live, that I was looking forward to this tag Hell in a Cell matchup because of the talents involved. And it was Kofi Kingston who sat this one out outside the cage. They they used, whether it be kendo sticks, chairs, stairs, the cage uh, structure itself, they were innovative in a way that I didn't think was possible in a match that's been around now for, what, 15 years, 16 years, whatever it's been, 12 years. Um, and, and they did tremendously. And the Usos getting the win was believable. And here was what was also believable in this matchup. It's something we don't see normally uh, now enough nowadays. They both wanted to win. It was clear that both teams wanted to win. It was clear they were fighting for something. It wasn't that they hated each other or that they liked each other. It was that they were clearly in a competition and trying everything possible to win. No spot that they did seemed to be done just because it was a spot. It seemed as if it was done with the desire to win. And that small piece right there, that small thing right there, is something that's so critically absent from uh, a lot of wrestling invested, nowadays. Uh, from the kendo sticks being used to hold you know, temporarily prop somebody up against the wall, which was innovative. Never seen it before. Uh, to the fact that, yeah. boy, it just seemed like, and, and you know, Matthew and I again, not to reference Matthew every time, but uh, who will be joining us again next week? By the way, I believe uh, we referred to the fact that yes, he will be. there was jokey new day, and then there was you know what? Let's go get this. We're we're in a dog fight. We're in a fight for our lives here to get these belts. Let's go get these damn things and. You know, you could see it even, again, uh, hats off to every one of the performers in this match, all five of them. Uh, you could see it in Kofi's face because he was, you could read torment on his face because he's not in there to help do the work. I can't disagree with that, but it was a great match. New tag team champions crowned the Usos. And then on Tuesday, we'd you know see that tournament, tournament, not tournament, because but you were thinking the TIT. Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys standing in the ring going, respect. Yes. The Terry Invitational Tournament. Yes. Which also happened at a No Mercy event, I think. That was the one with the the First TLC. No, Um, that was the – it wasn't TLC, TLC, but it was a ladder match. That was the one with the sick camera angle over the top of the ladder watching them fall consistently. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and by the way, the mutual respect and admiration, I think sort of ending the feud as well on Tuesday between the New Day and the Usos were, was fantastic. It was, it, was, it, was, it was comical enough, yet real enough to be a payoff for the ultimate feud that the two teams had. And from that, though, we got that tag team matchup where we found out who the next competitors would be for the Usos Tag Team Championships. And that is Clark, Gable, Clark Gable and Shelton Benjamin. Thank and you. I love it. Chad Gable. Clark's dead. Chad Gable. Yeah. I was seeing if it made the movie <laughs> I was in the pool. Um, so <laughs> the uh, 
They are the number one contenders now for the Tag Team Championships, and I like it. I like them as a team. I like them against the Usos. I like what could happen. Do you think it was the right choice, or should they have gone with a different team? No, it's perfect. You brought in Shelton, and you were going to bring him in, what, last year before his injury? Uh, bring him in to smack him, get him back to work again? Uh, you brought in Shelton, and you know they took Jason Jordan away from Chad, and Chad was probably told, hey, we've got something for you. We're going to move Jason over. Hang tight. We'll, we'll get something for you. So he's just kind of sitting there, sitting there waiting. They handed him Shelton Benjamin. You know, pre-show matches. I've been sitting here just wasting That's okay. time. Drinking, smoke. Sorry. Kid Rock's on the mind because him and Eminem are in a few now because of what Eminem did last Moving night on. at the Hip Hop Awards. So, uh, it's... Uh, You're not an M fan? You like I like the one Roman. that was on the uh, Saturday night college football game that was playing games with us and looked catatonic, and all of a sudden came back and said, because we know what he was doing. And again, I'm into that particular type of thing where you're screwing somebody on purpose. It's By the way, one of my favorites, kind of wrestling-related, right. but off Andy Kaufman. I mean, he was a hero to me because he was doing stuff to irritate you. It was intelligent, and it was entertaining. That being said. They told Chad to hang out. We're going to get you something. So this is their chance. Hey, you know what? We're going to give you a tag title shot. You're going to be in this program now. So here's your chance to be on TV. And you got Shelton to work with. So I I love it. It's fine. Let's do this. Um, Does the team seem a little mismatched? I mean, Shelton Benjamin... Who is rumored? And I've met Shelton. Actually, I I saw Shelton uh, a couple weeks ago when I was in Orlando. Um, Oh, very good, very good, very good. But, you know, I have long been a tremendous fan of Shelton Benjamin's work. He is one of the best pure athletes to ever step in any ring ring in professional wrestling and in sports in general. But do you think there's a bit of a mismatch between he and uh, Gable? The hook is collegiate wrestler. The hook is, you know, they were dressed up in red, white, and blue. There's, There's enough of a connection there. Do you think, think they have a chance against the Usos? <laughs> <laughs> no, so you, I think this think is fine. Because should have been let's run people. through some teams. Let's throw teams at the Usos again. And then let's come back to it once you've run a few teams at the Usos. And then decide who we're going to be the champions. Let the Usos hold the belt. You know what I haven't talked about enough? Is that is the, um, the promos by the Usos. That whole Southern preacher back and forth kind of dual tag team brothers finishing each other's sentences and talking. I think it's freaking brilliant. I don't know if I've ever seen that in wrestling. I don't know if I would go brilliant. It's not my flavor, but I enjoy it enough to not hate it. <laughs> that was as non-committal well, as a lot of things. Let's say I've I don't heard. fast forward. I listen. <laughs> Lately. But I'm not going, oh man, did you hear what they said? I'm like, Meh. You know, kind of in the middle. I, I like what they did. And again, the transformation from um, Island Boys Uso, you know, with the uh, chant at the beginning to the music and the pyro to the penitentiary Usos is what they're calling them has been brilliant. Yeah. Because they say it. Wait, why is it got to be in the Usos penitentiary? Yeah. And no, no reference there. I'm using their words. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I'm not familiar with that term. Unfortunately, I am. Um, you know, I've I've stacked. All right, <laughs> I've stacked a couple bologna sandwiches together to make a, a pillow. 
<laughs> that is all the information I certainly need to hear from you this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what a great series of conversation we've had so far. We're live here on Blog Talk Radio, Wednesday night, October 11th. We are taking your phone calls, ladies and gentlemen. That number is 877-317-9772. 877-317-9772. Uh, been a great conversation so far with you, Meathead. Um, and as you know, we, we, we've uh, got so much more here on the show. Joining us in just a little while are going to be David Hero, uh, Al Snow as well. We're going to talk with Al about uh, Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, that Hell in a Cell matchup along with Sami Zayn's heel turn. And also, uh, David and I are going to be talking about Conor McGregor, whether or not he is and should be on his way to WWE. And then the whole confrontation between Santino Morella and Jim Cornette, which occurred this past weekend in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, with Robbie, we're going to talk about you know the process of asking for your release so we can evaluate the fact beyond or the fact or the fiction of uh, whether or not Neville has done so in WWE and with ODB we're going to talk about uh, the whole Hollywood and Harvey Weinstein situation and how that may or may not translate into wrestling so so much more here still to come on this loaded and stacked edition of the pro wrestling report prime time but meathead thank you for joining me I understand we don't have you next week you're it's going to be Matthew and I yeah, starting things off and then week, uh, you're so, back with uh, us in two unable weeks. to join the show but uh, the the brew town, you know, what for location? those of you that listen or pay attention, uh, no longer in the Milwaukee area. No, 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 no. I am built from Milwaukee. You're built from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin. Uh, that's K-fair. something K-fair. that uh, apparently K-fair. I don't do very well. So, not going to be here. I'll be at. I won't be at the home office. I'll be at a remote office that doesn't have an, you know anything but DSL. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. Meathead, thank you for joining me. Right now, though, we are going to move immediately into our next segment. We're going to talk to Robbie E. It's Daddy Daycare. Find out what's going on with uh, Cash and Carter and also get his thoughts on the whole release process in professional wrestling. Robbie E. joining us live now here on Primetime Live as we continue on Blood Talk Radio. Robbie, how you doing? Hey, man. It's another beautiful day. My, it, it's hotter here than it should be because I feel like it should be fall weather. So it is a little humid, but, you know, I'm, I'm doing good. I got my twins. I'm driving in the car. Life is good. That's fantastic. Now, do they have Cash and Carter? Do they have, like, a, a twin car seat, or do they have individual car seats for themselves? No, in, individual car seats. Twin everything else. Twin stroller. Twin, well, that's really it. Twin stroller. I don't think you <laughs> could have really, I don't think you could have twin car seats. And I don't know how the hell you would carry those. <laughs> right. Let me just tell you, they they're now they're almost twenty pounds each, and like my ar- like we've already went in a few stores, and my arms are like dead now by the end of the day. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> hey, uh, so I understand you're working on a crown molding project at home. Who who gave you that information? Uh, it was on the internet. It was on one of the dirt sheets. <laughs> well, I told you. I explained. You know, the past few weeks, I've been telling you. I'm kind of learning to do some more things around the house. So yeah, I'm uh, putting up crown molding in our laundry room. So that is my exciting life. Think about what I was seven years ago and think about what I'm doing right now. Crown molding in my laundry room. Hey, how did the linen closet turn out? Awesome. I must say, awesome. You never sent us the pictures. The paint job looks great. The new shelf. All right, I'll, I'll get you pictures after this. Fantastic. Well, Robbie, obviously you've been in the news lately, and we didn't get a chance to talk to you last week due to some schedule challenges on our end. But uh, you have been at, you have asked for and been granted your release from TNA Impact Wrestling. Uh, and uh, first, tell us a little bit about how you came to that decision and uh, and and how the process went to uh, get released from your contract. Um. 
Well, I mean, you know, not to not have anything juicy as far as asking for, you know, without impact, there was no Robbie E. It was, it was an amazing seven and a half years. Because of being an impact, I got to be on a reality show. I got to travel around the world. I got to be on TV every week. So, well, not every week, but most weeks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, all around it was without impact, there would be no Robbie E. for the most part. So, uh, you know, they're awesome. Thanks. But it's come to a point, you know, I'm 34 years old. I have twins, obviously, as you know. Yeah. You know, I have a wife, I have a house, and the way my contract recently has been restructured was basically, you know, the more you work, the more you get paid. And in the past year, as you could see, as the fans can see, I wasn't really working very much. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, it's I, I can't wait around forever, and it just got to a point where it's, you know, I think I have other opportunities to explore, and I'm going to try to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And as far as asking for my release, it's really just, you know, I think Impact's at a point where they know their money situation has changed. Yeah. So I think anyone that they have a good relationship with that, you know, wants out, they're not going to give a problem to, you know. So it wasn't really a hard process. It was really just, you know, asking, getting the okay, and a piece of paper signed. So t- walk us through that. What happened? So what's the first step from you as a talent to the company to go through the formal process of basically ending your contract? Because you had signed a contract uh, well, think, that, that both of you had, you know, different obligations to meet, and you wanted to get out of that contract. So, so what's the first step to get that ball rolling? Uh, well, basically, I just reached out to see if there was any future plans for Robbie E, and it didn't seem like there was for, you know, anytime soon coming up. Um, and like I said, I just, I can't, I, I did the Noah thing in Japan that they sent me to, and then they really had nothing else for me the past few months, and I can't just wait around any longer. So when they said they had no plans for me, I said, well, I, you know, can I please be released from my contract? And it was more or less, I'll get back to you in 24 hours. I just have to check, you know, get it confirmed with the writers and the higher-ups, and it got confirmed. Then I had a piece of paper the next day that I signed, sent it back, and that was it. I mean, again, it's, it's pretty much, it's it's really easy (laughs) it's it's surprising you would think that there would be a lot more involved with it you know because we're dealing with legal documents and we're dealing with with commitments that both sides have made but i I guess based on what you said you know if they really had no plans for you in the immediate future you got to look out for yourself you got to look out for number one and uh you've got things going on obviously the muscle and fitness thing monday mornings 10 30 a.m it hits that website with the dad bod destroyer so uh, it seems like a good thing for you yeah, well, I mean, and again, like I said, I don't know if every every um, ending to a relationship is that easy, but you know me, I get along with everyone, I had no problems with anyone, and I right. think it was more or less of like, you know, if you could go do anything else, please do it, you know, we know we're in a rough spot, and it's not fair for you to just hang on any longer, so yeah. I don't know if it would be that easy with everyone, but it was with me. But yeah, man, I'm busy, the muscle and fitness thing, and then also now next week, I'm starting... Um, for Men's Fitness, which is a spinoff of Muscle and Fitness, a weekly video on their social media also, which will be called Bring, uh, Bringing You Back to the Basics, where I'm kind of giving you some old school workouts. So that's a more serious fitness yeah. um, video I'll be doing every week. But again, I mean, they're following. It's huge. It's connected to Muscle and Fitness. So the fact that they even asked me to do that is, um, is awesome. That's pretty cool. That's, you're building your own little empire out there. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe wrestling, you know, maybe I was meant for this, and wrestling will be out the window. <laughs> now, you know, here, here's, the, here's the thing, though, and I'm going to ask you about your next steps in a minute beyond this as far as wrestling goes, but a lot of people may not realize that you gave up a career to become a wrestler seven and a half years ago. You were a teacher, 
and gave up that job that right. to take this wrestling contract with Impact Wrestling. D- d- was it the right decision in hindsight? Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, I have my teaching degree forever. I could go back teaching. In fact, in my district, I'm still very well liked. I'm good with my athletic director. I regularly go back and visit the school. So, um, you know, that's something I knew I had to fall back on. And I said, you know, I was trying to make it in wrestling for 10 years. I finally have this opportunity. I can't turn it down. I'd always wonder what would have happened. You know what I mean? And it was totally worth it. It was amazing. It was a life-changing seven and a half years. So there's no, you know, I, I would never regret the decision I made. So let me ask you this. There's rumors out there right now, and there's unconfirmed reports. It's being reported by ProWrestlingSheet.com of Ryan Satin, who everybody knows who he is. He's generally pretty reputable as far as his news sources go, that Neville from WWE of the Cruiserweight division has requested his release from WWE. Now, your situation was a little different because you weren't dissatisfied necessarily, whereas it appears as if in his situation he is dissatisfied with some element of, you know, as Jim Ross always says, it's always either creative or cash, right? Uh, So some element of of what's going on there. Um, When a person is is signed to a company and, and they may not necessarily have any other prospects, unlike yourself, do you think it's a good idea for them to, out of frustration, ask to be released? Um, I mean, again, everyone's situation is different. Who knows what other opportunities he has? I mean, there are other places in wrestling now to currently make money or, you know, where you can make yourself a bigger star and maybe come back at a later date and even make more money or get used better than you are. I mean, look at someone like Cody Rhodes who walked away from it all and look what he's turned into. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's good so, point. Uh, who kn- who knows what other plans he has or whatever, what other places he could go, maybe overseas or whatnot, um, or what's going on in his life as far as schedule and everything. No one really knows but him, so there's really no way to answer that. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Is that Cash or Carter I'm hearing right now? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> what's on the radio right now? Um, what are you listening um, to? I have it on uh, on Sirius. I have it on like the little kids' pop station. I play, so I know all <laughs> that is absolutely tremendous. <laughs> so, all right, muscle and fitness, men's fitness. You got the Dad Bod Destroyer. You got your twins. You're working on home projects. You're living a great life. Your seven and a half years in TNA are over. What? is next for Robbie E as it pertains to professional wrestling. Do you still have interest and are you still or are you looking to uh sign another contract with perhaps another company? Uh, a thousand percent. I mean for right now whether I kid or not, wrestling's in me and I love wrestling. Uh, you know, I'm full on in. I'm only 34 years old. I'm in the best shape of my life. I feel I'm well experienced, but I'm still young. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and you know, I have, a, I have a full schedule. Like always, you know me, I'm a hustler, so I still got two to three shows a week for the net. You know, all the way through 2018, I'm booked up, and um, yeah, so I'm full on wrestling. And if another contract comes along, I mean, hey man, I, I'm in. It, it's it's what I want. Um, I still got a good few years left in me. And uh, beyond that, I mean, you know, like everyone says when they leave a contract, they have a million things in the works and blah, 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 but I can't talk about them. Right. But, I mean, to be fair, I, I do have some one or, one or two side projects that I'm slowly um, sending some feelers out that I'm putting some work into. So I think some cool things could actually, in, for real, be happening in the next few months. So, I mean, we'll see. You know what I mean? You know, i, I got to say this, and, and, you know, in the wrestling business, you know, it, it seems so glamorous, but when you when you sign that contract, you're you're almost transitioning ownership of yourself over to someone else, 
And it sounds as if the things that you're doing right now, regardless of what happens in the future as it pertains to wrestling, you're, own, you're, you're controlling and owning your own destiny, which is admirable. Yeah, if, if you could make money, decent money, to support your family and live in the house you want to live in, whatever, and, like, you have an easy life, to me, that is, like, awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. to, like, the fact that every day I'm whistling and smiling and... I don't know. I'm never in a bad mood. Like, I don't want my life to change like that. I don't want to, um, yeah, I, being your own <laughs> boss is the best. <laughs> it truly is. And, you know, I, I got to say this. You know, we joke a lot, and we've been friends for years, but you are a tremendous in-ring talent. You've got a tremendous persona, a tremendous attitude, and I think that any company that has you going forward will be uh, in a good place as a result of it. So best of luck to you. Hopefully we hear some news soon as far as your future in professional wrestling. But regardless of that, you've got enough going on right now to keep you occupied, and, and we definitely uh, appreciate the time that you spent in Impact Wrestling. You provided some great entertainment to us in that time. Awesome. I appreciate it. Robbie, thank you for joining us. Please give Cash and Carter my sincerest regards, and we look forward to hearing from you again next week. But in the interim, folks, remember, it's MuscleAndFitness.com. Hits every Monday. It's a new episode of the Dad Bod Destroyer, and coming soon to Men's Fitness Magazine, Men's Fitness and their social media channels as well. The same type of series, however, uh, breaking back to going back to basics, if you will, in workout techniques and all of that. So, Robbie, thank you very much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. And and uh, have a great weekend. All right, I'm going hang some molding. Peace. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> Always great talking to Robbie E. Daddy Daycare here on the Pro Wrestling Report Primetime. Folks, we're live here Wednesday night, October 11, 2017. And thank you for joining us wherever you are, especially those of you who do listen live here on Blog Talk Radio. Again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash PWR if you are joining us later on podcast form. Still to come here on the broadcast, we're going to be talking to Al Snow. We're going to talk about the big matchup from Hell in a Cell, Kevin Owens defeating Shane McMahon and Sami Zayn with the surprise heel turn. But right now we are joined live by David Octavius of Tiberius, the alleged backyard, one-time knockout, straight-edge, hardcore, Hall of Famer hero David, how the hell are you here on a Wednesday night? Hey man, I'm doing freaking awesome. It's you know it's, that's a matter it's of homecoming opinion. week for Cal. No, it's homecoming week for Cal. So he's you know he's been a rock star all week. It's been a fun week. It's been exciting. It's been interesting. Does he have a date for homecoming? The dance? Uh, you know I know he's going, and um, you know he's like hanging out with some senior. You know what? You know, he's a whatever. sophomore. He yeah. can't. He can't. He's a, I know. It's like, dude. It's like you know. If, if you're going up older, that means they just want to, you know, hoorah kind of stuff. So wait. Yeah. That... So I, I'm, I'm kind of panicking right now a little bit because you know my baby boy, you know, he might be taking that big step to manhood before we know it. Maybe, so. uh, maybe uh, Daddy Daycare will have to transfer. Maybe you'll have to join uh, Robbie okay, E. Okay, I that will sentiment. punch you in the face if that happens. If you chase <laughs> me, then you Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, sure. Well, you, you know what I told Cal? True story. I said, hey, dude, you can't make me a grandpa before I'm 50. I said, because all my stuff still works. I can easily go out there and knock somebody up, and you can raise your kid and my kid. Oh, my God. Together. All my stuff still works. As George Costanza would have said, my boys can swim. <laughs> oh, I have, my boys are lifeguards. 
Making some oh money. God! All right, Mr. Weinstein, let's uh, move on here. Let's talk <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> or do you prefer Harvey? All right. So, big news, David yeah. Hero. It's a rumor at this point, but it's worth discussing. Recently on this program, we discussed one UFC star who may have had uh, designs on joining World Wrestling Entertainment, if not even for a one-off at WrestleMania. Now the rumors are there of another UFC star who may have the same aspirations. That being the man who just did box office history with Floyd Mayweather Jr., who appeared at WrestleMania 24, by the way, in Orlando, Florida. Conor McGregor. McGregor without a home, no longer in UFC. Uh, just had a deal fall through about a series of pay-per-views over in the UK. And now there are talks and rumors of him being a part of WrestleMania 34. Now, David, we don't know these to be true, but I think it is good to speculate at this point because it is certainly an option. It is certainly a possibility. And I got to say this. Conor McGregor is a showman of showmans. He would be a fantastic character in the realm of professional wrestling. What do you think are the chances that we're going to see Conor perform in a WWE ring? And if so, when and how? I think it's very good. I mean, think about it. What else is left for Conor McGregor to do? Okay? He's already proven to be one of the greatest UFC fighters of all time. Right. And he went toe-to-toe with the greatest boxer of all time, some would say, you know, in, in his first pro fight. I mean, why not? Hop in the ring and, you know, make some more money. And, I mean, the, the WrestleMania, he's obviously a wrestling fan. He can definitely, you know, talk the talk. Walking the walk in the wrestling ring is a little bit different than, you know, than in a cage. I mean, it, it, it's a different animal because, you know, it, it, it's a work fight. But, but then who do you put Conor McGregor with is, is, is my big question. That is the great question. Now, a couple of things to look at here is the precedent has been set, right, with Brock Lesnar coming over from UFC to WWE. And as a matter of fact, since coming back to WWE, doing both at, at, at least one instance. So there but is there's a big difference. There's a big difference. There's a huge difference. Brock Lesnar is a heavyweight. Conor McGregor is 205 live material. There it is. You couldn't wait, could you? You couldn't wait to put him in the category of Enzo. And in your mind, the category of a Finn Balor. In your mind, the category of a Miz. In your mind, the category of a Dean Ambrose. In your mind, actually, in mine too, the category of a Shinsuke Nakamura. God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Piper. Here, but, but the precedent has been set. So... If Connor came over, there'd be no funk on him, if you will, from the mainstream audience because Brock Lesnar did it. He's been successful. Connor could do it and not have to worry about anything. And as you said, make bank, make a good amount of money, be on a national stage on a major event, one of the major top five sporting events of the year. That's what Forbes has deemed it. There's, he's got nothing to lose, does he? Not at all. Not at all. And, and here's the beauty of it. It just means Shane McMahon won't have a match at WrestleMania. There we go. God, you are full of them today, aren't you? Man. Well, no, because he'll take Shane's spot. Unless Shane wants to fight Conor McGregor, that wouldn't surprise me. We're gonna talk Why not? About, we're going to talk about Shane McMahon <laughs> and Kevin Owens with Al Snow in just a few moments here on this broadcast. But I am intrigued by this opportunity to see Conor McGregor. Look, I don't like boxing. 
I am not the biggest fan of UFC. I won't seek it out, but I'll watch it if it's on, and I happen to be somewhere where it's playing. I watched the fight between he and Floyd Mayweather, the boxing fight. I was thoroughly entertained, but I was more entertained by the buildup to that fight. And the question is, who does he take on at WrestleMania? I think the options are plenty because he is not a heavyweight. Thus, that means he can go up against anybody. Hell, as a matter of fact, do you know what would be fantastic, David Hero? Two men, one ring, one night, WrestleMania. Conor McGregor comes to New Orleans to face one-on-one the Miz. The mismatch. How? You got the, you got the proverbial schoolyard bully against the dork. No, they're, no, 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 no. Miz is, Miz is no dork. Conor McGregor carries himself now just as The Miz did. He's got the fancy suits. He talks about all the money he has. He and The yeah. Miz is, is a perfect match. And who better for the buildup, the promos, the setup, the, 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 the build to the event than The Miz to go one-on-one, toe-to-toe with Conor McGregor in verbal sparring and then in a believable matchup believable, at WrestleMania? Though? Is it physically I, believable? Absolutely, I think it is. Miz is a former champion. He's right, the Intercontinental Champion. He gets knocked out easily by everybody. But the match wouldn't be about a knockout. It wouldn't be like McGregor and Big Show in Orlando. It would be a wrestling matchup where the Miz would have a distinct advantage because he's a wrestler over Conor McGregor, the fighter. I think it has to be a tag match because you have to be able to hide uh, the lack of, of wrestling skill that Conor McGregor would have. Miz could carry him. I don't know, bro. You asked him for a lot. Really? Okay, so you who've been so yeah. high on the Miz for the last several months, all of a sudden yeah. the Miz can't do it. No, well, you know, just cosmetically, it's, it's not a fair fight. But you're thinking about the match, the fight, the in ring. I'm thinking yeah. about the build up, the hype, the the sizzle that would be the steak, yeah. which yeah. is more okay. important you at times, especially for WrestleMania. But if there's no meat on the steak, the steak sucks. So the build-up to the Rock Hogan at WrestleMania 18, 19, whichever one it was. I'd rather see Conor McGregor versus Braun Strowman. Why? Because you want to see a wrestler destroy a UFC guy. No, I just think it's more of a fair fight. How so? Braun Strowman's a beast. One of the greatest fighters on the planet against against the monster among men. Is he really one of the greatest fighters on the planet? Conor McGregor. Let's be real here. He's lost his last several fights in UFC, didn't he? Yeah, but look at how much money he took to the bank. So, so okay, so now we're back to the money, and the money I think mm-hmm. is with a, a showman, a performer, uh, like the Miz, a reality TV star, and the Miz against Conor McGregor, who is a it. former WWE champion, who is one of the <laughs> yeah. greatest yeah. performers in the company right now, who is also one of the best heels in the business right now. I think but yes, for those reasons. Imagine the tale of the tape: Braun Strowman against Conor McGregor. I think that's the money. But McGregor would have to win. Do you want to see McGregor beat Strowman? He could beat him by, by shenanigans, sure. So long-term, what does that do for but, Strowman? Okay, Conor McGregor is not going to come into wrestling and lose. Right, right, which It'll is why fine. it's even yeah. perf- more perfect to put him up against The Miz. Okay, perhaps. So what if it's not The Miz? If you've got Conor McGregor, what if he takes on a Roman Reigns? Kevin what if Owens. He- Kevin Owens. Really? Two bullies, yep. That would be fantastic. Lead up the build up. I didn't think about that. It'd be as good as the Miz. I still think the Miz That's would be a better why you choice. Give me the big bills to think of stuff for you. <laughs> no, that's what I would do. Yeah, because you can't have AJ Styles. You know, you can't have Roman Reigns. You can't have Dean Ambrose or Seth Rollins. 
<clears throat> because those are the guys you need to fill out the rest of WrestleMania. <clears throat> Owens but, and McGregor at WrestleMania in New Orleans. Yes. Can you imagine Bourbon Street with Conor McGregor? Oh, I'd rather not. I'm not sure I'd survive that. I survived a lot, but I'm not sure. Good Lord. He may not make it. Last time we were together, you barely survived. He wouldn't make it to WrestleMania. <laughs> he didn't up in a yeah. Shawn Michaels Syracuse situation at the Cat's Meow or at Pat O'Brien's or at uh, at uh, at Razu or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we'd love the Cat's Meow. Uh, well, we'll see what happens, folks. I'm intrigued. I think, as we said, he's got nothing to lose, so why not do it? Conor McGregor, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Actually, I'd be surprised if he weren't a part of WrestleMania 34, because why not? It's at least a million dollars in his pocket just to show up, right? More than that. Yeah. More than that. It's a $10, $15 million payday for him. Fifteen million dollars for for WrestleMania Absolutely. one night one show fifteen million. Well, then why the hell they wouldn't gave, he? They gave Mike Tyson 15, 15 million, and that turned the Monday Night mm-hmm. Wars and turned WWE back on top of things. Uh, so yes, it, it could be worthwhile. Talk, think about the mainstream buzz they'd get. It's worth every penny. I, I do you okay? So let's chance it right now uh, it, to close this out. Chances that Conor McGregor is a part of WrestleMania thirty four in New Orleans, in your opinion, David Hero? 70%. I'd go 75. I, I agree with you. It's better than not that he's going to be a part of it because why the hell not? And you know that call is going to be made, and you know WWE is going to salivate over the chance to have a mainstream star like McGregor as part of their mainstream event, WrestleMania. Why not do a Conor McGregor against The Rock? And... Uh, size difference, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, David, quickly before Al Snow joins us here in just a few moments uh, to talk about the main event from this past Sunday's Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, let's talk about a situation that uh, escalated over this past weekend, and it happened in Detroit as well as Hell in a Cell did. And it was a, a, a confrontation between Jim Cornette, friend of the program, he's been on the program many a time before, and Santino Morello, who, of course, is a former WWE star. And as you don't, or as you may remember, the two got into a bit of a confrontation back in the OVW days, which led to Jim Cornette's firing when he slapped, he says, 17 times uh, Santino Morello in the face for not respecting the business. Well, Morello this past weekend and Cornette at the same event in Detroit, they confronted, did uh, did uh, Santino, confronted Jim Cornette, wanted to talk it out. So he says in a recent interview that he's given as a result of the incident, wanted to talk it out, wanted to make things up, wanted to at least, um, you know, sort of put water under the bridge, I guess. Well, that failed miserably. Look, we all know Jim Cornette's a very confrontational man. He is very opinionated. He is, you know, if you're on his bad side, I believe you remain there for the rest of your life. But this video that has surfaced online of this confrontation that a fan took, shows that uh, things did get quite heated, things did get uh, things did escalate and uh, Cornette actually calling for security at one point to stop Santino from what he said was harassing him who's who's in the right or who's in the right or wrong here if anybody and and why do these things seem to happen why do such long-term grudges seem to uh manifest themselves in the wrestling business my my understanding was that santino wanted to bury the hatchet correct he wanted to go up and shake cornet's hand and be done with it and jim didn't want to do that right you know hey just so you know al was there he was in detroit he was there for the whole thing is that right yeah 
Well, I Maybe think, we asked him what happened. I think this he is the there. perfect time to get Al on the phone here to uh, get his perspective on that and what happened in Detroit, along with his thoughts on the big matchup between Kevin Owens and Shane uh, McMahon at uh, Hell in a Cell. But before we get to that, as Al is going to be joining us here in a moment, before we get to that, though, David, um, the, 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 the question is, I guess, is, is there a right and a wrong in this situation? We know Jim Cornette is is very passionate about this business, doesn't like the way it's evolved, doesn't like where it is now. Uh, it, it's okay for everybody to have their own opinion, right? But is there a way to pr- properly present that in a way that it's not as confrontational as perhaps it was? You know, I mean, all they had to do was shake hands and it's over with. Right. Bygones could you know be bygones, mean? right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, is it really going to make a difference? No. You, you know? <laughs> not at I all. Mean, you, you hadn't seen each other in eight or nine years. Right. What's the chance you would see each other again? Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, when I heard about it, you know, online people made it seem like Santino Morella was the aggressor. From what I understand, that was not the case. Now, from the video, it clearly wasn't. Yeah. Folks, this is the Pro Wrestling uh, Report Primetime Live. We're live here on Wednesday night, August, I'm sorry, October 11th. I can never get my date straight. October 11th, 2017. Damian Nelson with David Hero. And we're now joined live by Al Snow. Al, welcome to the program. How the heck are you here on a Wednesday? I am doing wonderful. And how are the two of you? I am doing tremendous. Hashtag and all. Now I'm doing fantastic. Now, Al, we were, we were talking about uh, a situation that you may have heard a little bit more about than what we've heard, and that is the confrontation that occurred this past weekend, this past Saturday. You told us last week you were going to be in Detroit at Cobo Hall for that big uh, convention. Uh, confrontation between Jim Cornette and Santino Morella. Have you heard about this? Do you know more than what we've seen online from that video of the two arguing in the hallway and Cornette uh, sort of accusing Santino of harassing him? I don't know much of anything more than what everyone else does. Uh, I wasn't out in the hallway when it occurred, so anything I say would just be speculation or assumption. Um, I do know that um, uh, Santino first came in. Um, he came over, said hello to me. We spoke. He saw Cornette. He mentioned to me that he wanted to speak to Cornette, wanted to shake his hand, and try to let bygones be bygones, basically, kind of put things um, behind the both of them and just kind of, you know, um, almost make amends, even though I, I, you know, I don't think he had done anything wrong at that time. Right. Um, And then, uh, but he just wanted to put, you know, put the past in the past and, and, um, you know, kind of put it to bed, so to speak. Hey, Um, Al, were you there? uh, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was yeah, you mean when the the original incident yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I wasn't. That was that was when I had first taken over in OVW, and at that time, Lance Storm and I were kind of tagging it out. Lance would do a week, then I'd do a week, and and you know I've known Jimmy uh, for a lot of years. I mean, for a very very long time, mm-hmm. probably twenty five maybe years, um, and you know I, I can say maybe thirty to be quite honest. Um, you know, I've seen or I've heard Jimmy, you know, uh, I've always seen him do his rants. Yeah. Uh, I've seen the rant. I've only one time really seen Jimmy actually in action going off in a, in a situation. So I've never really been a witness to, but have heard of 
or seen videos of, I'm, you know, everybody's seen videos of it. Right. Um, of, you know, these events, even, even this one, um, I didn't actually witness. Um, I know that Santino had mentioned his motivation for wanting to, you know, basically, um, just shake his hand and, you know, try to make, put it to bed. Um, and then, uh, next thing I know, um, Jimmy's coming in with security. Um, he's ranting and, you know, he's, he's upset and, uh, he's gathering up his stuff and, and security's basically escorting him out of the building. Wow. And, um, Santino comes up and I said, what's happening? He said, well, I went to shake his hand and, you know, and then that was when the confrontation started. And, uh, um, you know, it, I, if anybody is interested or curious, I saw online yesterday where Santino um, did a statement where he describes what happened in the first incident that yeah. happened years ago, um, and in uh, in really pretty pretty um, defined detail, and then um, describes what uh, happened on Saturday from you know from his standpoint, mm-hmm. you know. Other than that, I don't know much else. I mean, I again, I wasn't wasn't out there in the hallway. I didn't witness um, any of it. I just saw the aftermath, um, which um, several it had been quite a while after Jimmy had left, um, and quite some time later, then security came in and had asked uh, Santino if he would leave as well. So you know because um, he. That's that's the interesting thing about these conventions and these signings and these events where you get a lot of talents together is there's a lot of deep-seated animosity between some talents in the business, and a lot of it ain't never going to go away for whatever reason. We know Jim Cornette yeah. is, is, is passionate, will confront anybody, will, we'll, you know, I, I think part of it's show, but I think more of it's actually him, and, and that's fine. That's who he is. Uh, was Santino smart, in y'all's opinion, David and Al, to have tried to bury the hatchet? and get this thing resolved or should he have just let it go well you know that's a that's a matter of personal choice you know there's no right or wrong decision you know if, if it's something that you know you feel needs to have a resolution you know some kind of closure i guess that's that's up to you i mean you know if you you know but you you i like you're taking it you know with certain people again um and i'm not just implicating Jimmy. I mean, right. in, you know, there are right. certain people within the wrestling business. I mean, they are the eclectic uh, group of people, especially the older uh, generation of wrestlers were even much, much, much more eclectic and eccentric than, than people that are in it now these days. Um, you know, you're taking your chances. I mean, you just don't know how some of these people may react. Right. And, um, right. you know, no matter how, um, you know, above board or, or how you approach it, um, you know, and how respectful you are in that approach, you might you might not get the reaction you wanted. And I, I did say something to that effect to Santino when he was mentioning that, you know, kind of, I think he had made up his mind when he had known that they both of them were going to be there, mm-hmm. um, what course of action he was going to take, and he was kind of describing it to me. Um, and what and what he described to me is what he says he did in his, um, you know, um, post that he made his online statement. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, I, I, you know, for me personally, I couldn't imagine, you know, after that length of time, it would be in any, you know, will or animosity. I said, but you know, 
be aware, you know, there, there might be, and, you know, you might have a situation if, you, if you're not careful. So, a situation. Yeah. <laughs> and I love, I love Jimmy to death. I mean, I, yeah. I owe Jimmy, you know, I, more than I could ever repay him. I mean, he's always been terrific with me. I've never had an issue with him. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, It's I been a rough year for Jimmy, though, if you think about it. What's that? You know? It's been a rough year for Jimmy. I mean, he had the, he had the falling out with um, Kenny Bowen, and he had the restraining order yeah. with Vince Russo, and it's I just like you, a, you know, still, I'm still shocked about the the falling out with Kenny Bowen. Those yeah. guys were thick thieves um, from back when they were in uh, elementary school. I well, mean, they have been legitimately lifelong friends, and I was I was stunned. I was shocked to the point to where there's even a part of me that still wonders you know, the legitimacy of, of the falling out only because I just know how close and how tight they were. <laughs> they're, they're absolutely great together. And I, and what happened with that was Bolin had aligned himself, uh, or had done something with Russo, Vince Russo, who of course I think is, is Jim Cornette's most hated man on the planet. And all those things, well, sort of, of- yeah, all those things sort of coming together, restraining order and all that stuff and Bolin being involved. And I think Jimmy just showed, I mean, he's a man of his convictions and, uh, Oh, he he is without a question or a doubt. Yeah. Jim will, he will tell you exactly what he thinks, exactly what he feels. You're not going to get uh, a watered-down version of Jimmy. You're going to get Jimmy. I mean, that's, that's he's unabashedly, unapologetically, he is Jim Cornette. Yep. And, uh, and for, at the end of the day, in a society where everyone begs and pleads for people to be real and to be who <laughs> they really are and not to – BS anyone, and then you know you get a guy who does exactly that. Yep. He is what he is, and you either like him and you take him, you know, take him as Jim Cornette, or you or you don't, and you just don't go around it. I yeah. mean, it's, it's pretty pretty simple. Well, I think too, and to to end uh, or put the to put the frosting, I guess, or the icing on this cake that is the subject is, um, it, you know, everyone's got their opinion; they're entitled to it, and sometimes it's easier to just respect the differences than to try to convince of the similarities. And uh, yeah. again, not going to say anybody's at fault here. I too love Jim Cornette. I mean, I listen to his podcast each and every week because it's just absolutely fantastic. And when that guy goes on a rant, and when he oh when he gets on a subject, it you, is priceless. This is Trump rant is what it is. You know how he buries our president. Oh my God, I wouldn't call him buries. I mean, he literally called for his assassination on one episode, and it was one of the funniest oh. things because it was beep 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 because you know you can't say that. <laughs> and that the fact that all we heard were the beeps made it even better. <laughs> well, and, uh, I gotta say, I love him dearly, and, and when he goes on his rants and things like that, um, and you know, and we do live in a country that, you know, you do have one of the rights that we have is the freedom of speech. Right. You're free to pretty much say whatever you want to say and exhibit it in any manner you want to exhibit it. Well, that, that, is a right. that depends. But you do, have a, you do have a, I know, I know. And I, <laughs> we won't even get into that. But nope. you do have a responsibility as well, you know, for every right that a person has, and that I think has been forgotten, is that you do have responsibilities that go along with those rights. Yep. And, you know, to use them accordingly. And, you know, at the end of the day, whether we like him or agree with him or disagree with him or whatever political party or affiliation or, you know, if it's, you know, 
if he's your your president calling to do something as extreme as assassinating is pretty stiff yeah well i mean let's let's leave it at this and i'm not aligning myself with anybody but he did this Me either i'm not either <laughs> he did this yeah. after the president basically encouraged people to do the same thing to hillary clinton with that whole second amendment thing but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let's talk about wrestling and more about wrestling and that let's is this past sunday's hell in a cell pay-per-view last week both of you agreed that the only outcome for the matchup between shane mcmahon and kevin owens was for shane mcmahon to not win the matchup for Ke kevin owens to get the win that would indeed be the case we also talked about where those spectacular spots would be coming from who would be the one delivering the top of the cell spot it ultimately did end up being Shane McMahon I for one thought they'd give us a bit of a swerve and it would be Kevin Owens but the swerve in the matchup was the heel turn by Sami Zayn the arch rival former best friend of Kevin Owens which was I think a surprising uh, turn of events and a very delightful turn of events but Shane did lose Shane did do the big spot Kevin Owens with the win now he and Zayn aligned going forward to Al Based off of what you wanted to see coming out of the matchup and what we did see coming out of the matchup, where are you now on this situation in this matchup from this past Sunday at Hell in a Cell between Owens and McMahon? Um, well, that will be dictated on how big a star they want to make Sammy Zane. Yeah. And how committed are yeah. they to him? Because otherwise, what was the point of all that? You, uh, it didn't put any heat whatsoever on Kevin Owens. It's it puts the heat all on Sami Zayn because he is the reason that Kevin Owens was able to beat uh, Shane McMahon. Not to mention, uh, and I'm not, you know, it's not a matter of personal opinion or preference or taste. I want you to just think back, um, you know, watching the match, okay, and all of the highlights of all the big moves that led up to eventually being up on top of the cage especially in the, uh, the really big moves that were up there were all the, you know, huge, painful, and they were. They are legitimately painful uh, bumps were done up there on top of the cage. Yeah. And the number of them, that's the key, the number. I'm a very much a, as I've gotten older, I've realized how much, how important less is more mm -hmm. um, means. Because the more you do things, the less consequence there is to things. The less consequence there is to things, then the less they mean, the less they mean, and the less the finish means. So right. let's think about this. The number of things that a that Kevin Owens, uh, a, a featured wrestler, did to Shane McMahon, and it all amounted to what? Uh, Shane being able to knock Kevin Owens off and crashing through a table, uh, announced desk below, and then the only thing that allowed Kevin Owens to finally, finally defeat Shane McMahon was Sami Zayn pulling him out of the way of Shane McMahon plummeting to his death. It's a good point. And uh, and 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 to that point, <clears throat> saying less is more. When uh, Mick Foley did that, you know, and to be quite honest, I mean, it was it was a ridic ridiculous life-threatening bump off the top of the cage. Yeah, ninety-eight, um, the King of the Ring. Well, it was the first time it had ever been done, so it meant you know the th it wasn't the bump that got him over. It was it was when he was uh, uh, stretched out, and then he walked back to the ring, and then took another bump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which that one really jacked him up because yeah. he and I were riding together in the car, you know. That oh, really? Night. And I had I had to basically carry his bags up for him in the hotel and wow. all of that because he he could barely move. 
Yeah. So it wasn't the bump that got him over. And that's what everybody talks about. It was the subsequent walking back to the ring and climbing back up to the top of the cage while Undertaker stood there and waited for him. Mm-hmm. That was what got him over. Now it's become to the point done so often that it becomes commonplace. Right. And now it doesn't mean as much. And it's not, you know, it's still spe- visually spectacular, but now it's just become like a backdrop in the ring. And that, for considering the actual legitimate physical risk, it, 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 it's been made to mean less and less and less. And, and it's no different than when, <clears throat> back in the day, when Sabu first started breaking tables. And um, we had a conversation. I said, Sabu, why do you do it every night? He goes, well, they, you know, they, the audience wants me to do it. And I'm like, do it every night. It mean, it's going to start to mean nothing. Mm-hmm. And then what's going to happen is, and it's funny, I, and I swear to you, I swear on, on, on my kids' lives, I had this conversation. I said, you know what's going to happen? You, you're, they're going to get to a point where it's, you breaking the table is not going to be enough. You're going to have to put somebody on the table and break the table. And I said, and then that's not going to be enough. Now you're going to have to put them on two tables and break, you know, you're going to have to break two tables and then you got to put somebody on two tables and break two tables. And then you're going to have to set the table on fire. And, you know, I just kept coming up with these ridiculous scenarios and what exactly occurred all of to which. the point now that where guys go through tables now and they just brush it off. Right. I mean, it's like, uh, and now literally guys coming off the cage, not once, but on a regular basis to where it's like, eh. You know yeah, what? I, that was, that was incredible. You know what I think about Al? It was two things. It was there was a match. I think it was Harley Race in WWE, and it might have been on a Saturday Night's Main Event of Superstars or whatever, where something happened yeah. and he went through a table, and he was out for like six months. And then there yeah, was when yeah. Terry Funk pile drove Ric Flair through that table, and I think it was in '89 yeah. at a Clash of Champions, and that yeah. was heinous. You know, it it meant something. It was a big deal. <laughs> and as you say now, people go through a table, get up, and do the next yeah. spot. Yeah, and it, 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 it's all about what you make of it. You know, it, it's, it's not what you do, it's what you make of it and, and, and how you sell it. If you want it to mean something, you can make anything mean anything you want it to. But if you do it and devalue it by doing it to where it becomes commonplace, then, you know, these, the, here's my problem with it, is it's, it's everything that we do in the ring physically is a risk. There is a right. genuine risk of injury and, and paralysis and death, mm-hmm. even from even simple moves. I mean, look at poor Darren Drozdov. You know, he just, you know, he's still, you know, he's, he, he was a quadriplegic. From, right. You know, taking a running powerbomb that went wrong. Yeah. You know, and there's, there are, can't tell you, untold people on the independents that have suffered severe injuries. Um, and some that have died. Um, a young guy in training uh, died mm-hmm. in Ohio. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so you run the risk, even just a back bump. You could hit wrong, get whiplash, break your neck. I mean, there's, there's you know, any number of things. The dives, you know, Zemion did that dive and just caught, um, what's his name, uh, in TNA. Broke yeah. his neck almost. He's a hangman's break. Jesse Sorensen. Yes, Jesse yeah. Sorensen. If the break had went the opposite direction, he'd have immediately died. Yeah. Okay? Take that in. He'd have immediately died. Would have severed his spinal column. It's called the hangman's break. He, he was lucky it went the opposite direction. And, and at the very, they thought that he might be possibly, you know, potentially paralyzed for the rest of his life. So now all of those just everyday commonplace things, now you're taking a guy that's diving 20 feet 
off the side of a page. And now the, to, to an audience, it's like, Oh, well, I've seen that before. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, it becomes you know, like, it, it's it, not new. So it, not new. And then the audience is audience is always going to, cause they're bloodthirsty. They're always going to go, Hey, show me something new. Show yeah. me something more spectacular. Show me something more amazing. And, and you paint yourself into a corner to where it gets to a point where you did the risks go up and the return on that risk goes down. We're running out of time here. Great intel, great education, great schooling by Al Snow, as usual. want to go back to the matchup between Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, though. David Hero, your thoughts on those spots on top of the cage during the matchup? It seemed as if several well, times they were about to go through, break through, and maybe thought they were, but it did not happen. This seemed to be very, very well delivered from a dramatic standpoint during the match. You know what? They, they, they did. They, they told the story they wanted to tell. It was violent. It was vicious. People wanted to watch that show because they wanted to see what crazy spots they were going to do. They got to see all that. And at the end of the day, Kevin Owens gets to win. Sami Zayn is now elevated from mid-card to upper mid-card to he almost the event right Sammy now. Where him, where him and Sam, Owens and Sami Zayn are the new badass faction on the SmackDown brand. And one would argue that the SmackDown brand probably needed it. Uh, Al Snow, what do you got coming up uh, bookings-wise? Where can the masses see you next? Where can the masses? I will be in New Jersey. Uh, Sorry. Uh, in, uh, Brooklyn. And yes, I'll be in Brooklyn and New Jersey for Pat Buck's uh, promotion, uh, PWS, this, uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. I'm very excited to be there. And uh, Collar and Elbow, got to always mention that, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Yeah. We have the uh, pink mirror tee out that a portion of the proceeds uh, of each one of those shirts will go to benefit uh, breast cancer research. And uh, we have all of the new fall line out. We have the hats. We have the metal tee, uh, which is a really cool uh, design, kind of uh, homage to uh, Halloween and to heavy metal. And uh, we got a lot of other cool stuff there, too. Awesome. That's CollarAndElbowBrand.com. David Hero, Al Snow, yeah. Meathead, Robbie E. want to thank all of you for joining us here on tonight's broadcast. Unfortunately, Don't think, o- ODB... don't think Robbie E. Don't think <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, ODB was not able to join us tonight. We'll talk to her again next week. And we will be live again with you next week, ladies and gentlemen, right here on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash PWR. And thank you very much for joining us and tuning in. Until next time, follow us along on Twitter at PWR Show, at Damian Nelson, at David Hero, and at The Real Al Snow. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We'll see you again next week right here live for Primetime.